Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet who consents and gladly gives. <laughs> it's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode number 90. Only 10 more to go. <laughs> Covering so series six. <laughs> well, yeah. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> covering series six, episode 13, The Wedding of River Song. Guys, we made it. We finally got here. Not exactly how finale. I expected it. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to be called The Wedding of River Song and there'd be like. Bit of a spoiler. One no, part. I was going the over my theory and I got like everything correct. So. Yay. I expected it to be <laughs> so, a... So, hey, which one is this? This is the one where the doctor, Amy, Rory, and River go to a wedding for River. And <laughs> the, and, and the doctor starring the, Amy and Rory. And time is broken. This is story number 222, airing October 1st, 2011, to 7.67 million viewers. This was written by uh, Stephen Moffat. So, der. Of course, it's going to be A, a good one, and B, Lots of River Song. Mm-hmm. And this was directed by Jeremy Webb. Uh, Jeremy Webb also did The Curse of the Black Spot earlier this season. Yeah, so. that was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was a fun one. No, I say earlier this season. That was last season, wasn't it? Wait, was it? No. It's all <sighs> bleeding together. That was this That was this season, wasn't it? I think so. Anyway. Or it was either this <laughs> at the beginning of this season or close to the end of last season. I can't remember. At any rate, under miscellaneous trivia, uh, we mentioned last time that this is the first New Who finale that's not a two-parter. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, this is the first Doctor Who finale ever to be a standalone episode. Yeah. Because, remember, in Classic, Classic Who... Classic Who, it has never had a standalone episode. That's right. Yeah, they were all, yeah. like, Wait, actually, 17 they, parters. Hmm? Have they ever had a one-parter? No, I, I don't. I don't believe so. It, well, with the exception of like maybe the specials, like when yeah. they did like the Five Doctors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I think even those were like longer than normal episodes. I think. So at any rate, um, none of those were season finales. Yeah. So um, this is the first ever in in Doctor Who. It is also the first new Who finale that doesn't center on a classic Who villain. Hmm. So we see a Dalek. But it's not the main villain. So in the past, we've had mm-hmm. a Dalek be the main baddie, the Cybermen, Cyberman, the Master. It's always been, so far in New Who, the season season series finale has always been a classic Who villain until now. Wait, what about the Slitheen? Were they a classic Who villain? Because I'm pretty sure that was a season finale, right? The um, Which one? You had the War of the Worlds and then uh, Boomtown. Those were both yeah. like middle of the season. Oh, yeah. I thought they were I thought that was a season finale. No, because that was oh. both season one. I remember season one ended with the Daleks and the Bad Wolf. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, episode. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is the first one. So it is also the first new who finale where it doesn't end in the TARDIS. So normally when they we had have, so many firsts this episode. I know. Normally when you have a season finale, the the last scene is in the TARDIS. And then frequently, like especially with uh Tenant like something weird would happen. So you had the season finale where he's all by himself and then Donna pops up mm-hmm. and then you have the season finale where he's all by himself and the Titanic crashes into the <laughs> control room, you know? So there was always that kind of thing, but this is the first one and it's really close. 
the TARDIS is right over the doctor's shoulder, but he's, he's actually standing in, what is it? The seventh transept or whatever, uh, <laughs> where, where the headless monks keep all of their heads. Yeah. Weird. Oh. We'll get into that. Um, so, and again, we have, uh, excuse me, let me rephrase that. We again have an actor portraying the doctor and a different character in the same episode. So I think Jared may touch on this in the classic who connections. There's like an episode, uh, where the first doctor, excuse me, William Hartnell plays both the doctor and then some random guy who looks like the doctor, things like that. So those, mm-hmm. the, and, and other things like that, alternate doctors and things have happened in classic who, but then you have, uh, here where you have, uh, excuse me, a new who you have things like, you know, tenant playing the 10th doctor and the metacrisis doctor. You know, yeah. things like that. But then Smith apparently just had a, a blast doing this because he played the flesh version of mm-hmm. the doctor. Yeah. And now he's also been the doctor and the Tesselecta in the same episode. So mm-hmm. this is kind of a, uh, there's, there's a few examples of this where the actor plays both the doctor and some other character, whether it is an alt version of the doctor or, you know, like I said, with William Hartnell, just some random guy. So. Uh, a couple of things of note in the cast. Nobody knew, but a lot of returning uh, guest actors, right? So we had, this was, this was, um, well, you know what? I, just, just because this one was so awesome, I'm going to drop him down to the bottom. We're going to talk about him last. But we had uh, Emperor Winston Churchill making a reappearance. Well, excuse me, uh, Winston Churchill. <laughs> He's never been the yeah. emperor before, but he is credited as Emperor Winston Churchill. That's how he's credited uh. because his entire appearance in this episode, he is the emperor of Great Britain or whatever, uh, whatever it is that he's that he's playing there. Um, so we have uh, Ian McNeese reprising his role in, in that. Then you have Richard Hope reappearing as the Silurian Doctor Maloke, who is in this mashed up timeline of things. He is the Doctor to Winston Churchill, uh. and I, I thought that was kind of neat that. Um, so you have the idea of everything happening at once. Yeah. And so you have things like, you know, flying cars, but they're flying on hot air balloons. Mm-hmm. You have steam powered yeah. engines fly, uh, not flying, but riding into Area 52, which is in the pyramid in Cairo, but it's got an American flag on it. So it's like everything <laughs> happening all at once. But then they also have uh, dinosaurs, right? So yeah. there's a pterodactyl, you know, don't feed don't the pterodactyls. Feed the pterodactyls. <laughs> But but it's the Hooniverse, right? So you got to go further back than that. And what else happened on Earth? The Silurians were the reigning people. So I'm I, I, honestly I'm surprised there weren't more Silurians. Like there should have yeah. been like three or four of the the guards in the pyramid should have been Silurians, you know, or something yeah. like that. So, but at any rate, Richard Hope got to uh, reprise his role. Oddly enough, there is a credit given to William Morgan Shepard as old Canton, Delaware in this episode. Do y'all remember seeing him? No. Yeah, he was like in the very <laughs> He's in the very, very back. background. <laughs> so when they're for when like they're at Lake Silencio and the doctor says, I only had one thing left to do. Die. When he says I only had one thing left to do, he waves oh, yeah. up the hill at Canton, which is old oh, man Canton, 
Delaware, played by William Morgan Shepard, who, you know, if you thought his part was small last time we saw him, he is like not even recognizable this time, but yeah. he appeared, so he gets credited. For yeah, like he's the guy who gave them second. like yeah. the gasoline can. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who. who the doctor told me to give you this. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, maybe, maybe my favorite, you actually had Charles Dickens, who was being played again by Simon Callow, who played Dickens. I had to remind the boys, I had to say, hey, guys, that's Charles Dickens. That's the same actor that played Charles Dickens in the episode about Charles Dickens. And then I had to stop and think, wait a minute, which episode was that? Yeah, that was with nine. That was Eccleston. Oh my goodness. That was six years earlier. When you said it was the same person, I was like, how is that even possible? (laughs) That's like. It was six years later that he reprised that role for that very small. Little random yeah. thing, but it's but it's a great looking. in in an episode full of callbacks, which we're we're gonna we're gonna hit we're gonna talk about another callback that is even further down the road than that. It's you know it's a further callback than that one, um, unless the Silurians count as like a six million year old callback or whatever. But um, so so Simon Callow here, you know, playing. Charles Dickens in The Unquiet Dead. I think we mentioned that he also played Charles Dickens in something else after that episode. And then here he is reprising this role. And then just just to throw in there, I forgot to put this in the notes, but right after that blurb on the TV, the channel changes and you hear a news reporter giving uh, information about the Holy Roman Emperor Winston Churchill coming in on his private mastodon or whatever it was mammoth Mammoth. his his mammoth um coming into uh cairo or london or whatever that was meredith vieira who was actually uh like a news reporter personality type she did i I think it was uh the today show or good morning america or something like that and um i recognized her when the episode you know as we were watching the episode and pointed that out to you guys however when i did some digging afterwards apparently this was not something that like they shot like as extra footage for Good Morning America and then sent it across the pond. She was there. She was actually in hmm. uh, the UK filming in, in, some stuff for Doctor Who. She was uh-huh. there like filming like a I, I can't remember what it was like a behind the scenes thing or or something like that. Uh-huh. She was or maybe they were maybe they were doing a news story about Doctor Who or something like that. And so they were like, hey. <laughs> You want to be in an episode? So, so at any rate, so she got to uh, jump in. So we had Sweet. all kind, all kinds. Of, I mean, this this episode lent itself to a lot of weird crossover callbacks, inside jokes, and all kinds of stuff. So they had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Guys, as always, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management. Guys, you know the drill. Head on over to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Grab your hosting, grab your website builder, your domain name, your security, all of that stuff. Throw it in the cart. Use the code NOOBS at checkout and get 15% off of your entire order. So that means if you get a month's worth of everything, you get 15% off for that month. But if you get a year's worth, you save on all of it. If you get Five years worth. You save on all of it. You save even more. So the more you buy, the more you save. Uh, once again, guys, store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off. All right, so that brings us down to the checklist. Uh, let's see, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Was it? It wasn't said. But it was, um, I don't even know if they used yeah. the word wedding. No. When the, do- the doctor... 
Well, remember the doctor said, uh, we're in the middle of a battlefield, so we'll have to use the short version. Like, even then, he didn't yeah. say wedding. Like, I don't think anybody knew what was happening until yeah. it was already happening. It was kind of one of those things. And so. I'm pretty sure Rory still didn't know what was happening. Oh, Rory had no clue. I, Amy, that was one of my favorite lines is... Uh, Amy realized, kind of, and then... Well, she was she was caught up, and we'll talk more about, about her and her, her uh, time head and all those kinds of things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. River has the time head. Yeah. But at any rate, um, just the idea of her being able to see through all of the weirdness and the alternate timelines and everything. But Rory did not. And he is completely clueless. Rory's like, what is he is on? following along his, essentially his commanding officer who has now said, we should go out to dinner sometime. By the way, I'm married. Then goes, you and I got married. We had a baby. That's her. And he's like, right. <laughs> right. So that just accepts it. That's right. Rory, Rory, always willing to just follow amy blindly so mm-hmm. uh so we had uh creature of the week i threw i threw a couple things on here because again it was kind of a mismatch of everything so we had a dalek for mm-hmm. like a half a second um we had the tesselecta making an awesome reappearance mm-hmm. and making a an incredible i love corbin said um during the previously on the on doctor who or whatever they showed or, the excuse Tesla. me the doctor described the tesselecta and corbin goes well, I guess that means they're going to be important in this episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like he had. If no it's in idea. the recap, yeah. If it's in the recap, then you know, it's probably going to be there. That's right. That's right. But I uh, mean, it was the season finale, and that was a main part of the season. So, but for one episode, they were only yeah. in the one episode. But that, they, yeah, and they, they showed a like big role. three or four this clips. This so. is true. Yeah. Um, but- other other in the creature of the week again. We had the Silurians. We had who else did we have that that. Uh, Creature of the week. I mean, we had the the red humanoid uh, bartender the blue guy. Uh, oh, um, the head. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the guy whose name you always butcher, Dorium. Um, so it, there was no like central creature of the week. I think the the Wakia made. I think it basically said that the baddie of the week was like the eye patch people, or <laughs> I forget how. <laughs> even they were having a hard time of like pegging it down. It was, well, like, there was the, the silence, itself, which. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were pretty big. But they, I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess they were prime, the primary baddie yeah. this yeah. week. So, absolutely. So, uh, let's see. Bow ties are cool. Um, I, I thought it was great that he said, I need a strip of cloth about a foot long. You know what? Never mind. And he just undoes his bow tie and pulls his bow tie out. So, the ultimate bow ties are cool moment. He used the bow tie as the binding part of the wedding ceremony. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I, dad's dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a good production editor. Death would edit is imminent. That out, but, but we've talked too much. <laughs> you will about be it dead now. in thirty-two minutes. All right. So hats. We have um, the Stetson. So Again. check this out. Right when we first saw the Stetson, this is one of those. This is one of those minutia details that the the Wikia pointed out to me, and then it blew my mind. When we first saw the Stetson. And we have that line, mm-hmm. I wear a Stetson now. Stetsons are cool. And then it immediately gets shot off of his head uh, by, by uh, River. River. Almost called her Melody. But <laughs> that was a fake Stetson. Wait, what? It wasn't a real Stetson. Why, Corbin? Oh, because it was part of the Tesselecta? It was part of the Tesselecta. Does the Tesselecta make hats? It makes motorcycles, if True. you'll recall. Yeah, okay. And remember, it didn't make glasses. But it could make a motorcycle. Remember, yeah. we had that whole conversation. So when he is inside the Tesselecta, waving at River, he's wearing the Stetson. So 
he didn't have the Tesselecta copy him and then put the Stetson on his head and then hop inside. He was still wearing the Stetson the whole time. So huh. when we first see the Stetson at the be- at the beginning of this season, go all the way back to the Impossible Astronaut, that was a fake Stetson, which brings up a side point. When we see the Doctor in the Impossible Astronaut, it is a fake Doctor all the way up until the younger doctor walks out of the bathroom in the diner. Hmm. Let that one sink in for just a minute. It was that, all a lie. That whole time when he goes, you know, uh, something about wine, you know, I'm, I'm 1103. I'm sure I've had wine at some point, takes a swig and immediately spits it out. You know, this, this visceral reaction. That was the Tesselecta. Maybe wait, that's why they spit it out so fast. Wait, I also yeah. just realized he's 1103 because he was sitting in the frozen time for so long and he was the only thing that was still moving. So nope, nope, that nope, nope, one nope, time nope. jump nope, that Nope, nope. You know, you've got your you've got you're your going to die then. You've got your, your your wibbly's wobbly. Um <laughs> so the way it went down was he was on his little farewell farewell, <laughs> farewell <laughs> tour, <laughs> right? He leaves Craig, Craig. At, at the end of closing time mm-hmm. and then decides to go track down why is it that he has to die, right? He, was, he said, I was just going to lay down and die. I was just going to give in. And then I decided I need to know why. If I'm going to have to die, I need to know why. And that's that whole so opening bit. it took bit. him like 150 years? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Remember, closing time, at closing time, he's oh, already yeah, 1103. He's already 1100. He was going to die he, the next day. He said the next day and then he stole some time because he went in and 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 hunted down the various people and then hunted down and was talking to the Tesselecta mm-hmm. and then says, you know, they say, is there anything we can do? And then at that point in the retelling of the story, it jumps back to the story and we don't see the rest of that scene until the very end where he goes, really he popped mm, back yes. in and went, actually, yes, there is something you can do. So mm-hmm. he hops in the... T- <laughs> He hops into the Tesselecta. So when he is standing there talking to River and telling her, you are completely and totally forgiven, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And then she discharges and empties the the energy weapon and they touch and everything and breaks time. That was the Tesselecta. The fi- okay. The fixed point, we are getting way off on a rabbit trail and we're still on the checklist. That's how we roll. The breaking of time, the fixed point in time, was not the death of the 11th Doctor. It was the apparent death of the 11th Doctor in the form of the Tesselecta being shot. Mm -hmm. That is what happened. That is what always happened. That is what always happens. That is the fixed point. The 11th Doctor never died. In no version of that event did he ever die. So the reason so the that time broke, not getting sh- the Tesselecta River failing to shoot the Tesselecta is what broke time. So not yeah. that's what broke time. Now, which okay. is why he could return to his own thing and come back. Return to his own what? like when he came. That's why he came back and it didn't mm-hmm. have time still broken, even though he did survive. Yeah. So, right. Right. He right. never dies. Because he never did die. It's just that the historical yeah. record shows that he died because the Tesselecta actually died. And now now that's really breaking my brain because at the beginning of the season, 
we have the Tesselecta pulling up records of the doctor's death. Yeah. And in all actuality, it was the Tesselecta that died. Or, you know, was apparently killed. <laughs> that same Tesselecta. That's that exact same Tesselecta with that same crew. Now, so th- what that means is the entire time we're in the alternate timeline, I, this just dawned on me. That was the Tesselecta doctor. Oh my goodness, I mean, yes. it still had to be. Well, it was because that's when River touching. looked into... Well, that's why when River looked into his eye and saw him, that was in the alternate timeline. Yeah. Was it? Yes. So I the, thought that was before she shoots wait, him. so the Tesselecta no. can age? It can appear it, to age, at least. Growing yeah. out the beard and oh. making him... Yeah, all of that. All of that is the Tesselecta. But it couldn't change... That's why the, his face stayed the same. Because it couldn't know what its face would look like, so it kept it the same. So that's how... What? <laughs> I'm not following you there. I don't, but at any it rate, couldn't... Like, at any rate, the entire time that he's talking with Winston Churchill, that he's squaring off... That he's wearing the eye drive. When he's wearing the eye drive... He's the Tesselecta. That entire, everything that happened in this episode, he is the Tesselecta. Oh, wow. Until and so it the is, very end. Uh, right. When he and it is, it is the Tesselecta touching River. Remember, he says we are opposite poles of the disruption. Mm-hmm. It's the Tesselecta and her, not him. Now, the whole if time. If he wait, touched so her, River it wouldn't got, have any difference because he has nothing to do with the He has nothing to do with it. Timeline. Right. Wait, now, so River he's inside married her, the Tesselecta? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, true. Yeah, kind of. So, um, so yeah, that I, I, that didn't even dawn on me until as we're talking it out. I realized the entire episode, the whole alternate timeline, everything that happens in the alternate timeline is the Doctor inside the Tesselecta. Because yes, remember he leans in to quote whisper his name into uh, um, Rivers uh, Rivers ear, and in fact, what he said was, "Look in my eye." And she looks and he's in there waving and points uh-huh. back at the TARDIS. So the TARDIS was even in the alternate timeline yeah. inside the Tesselecta with the doctor. It's amazing. It's amazing. So at any rate, the checklist. Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get to this later, I say in my note, but we definitely got a Doctor Who in this one. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> several, this Several, actually. Right. Geronimo. Um, we got uh, a... a a really calm, subdued Geronimo as he's getting his suit. Geronimo. Yeah, yeah. She hands him the, the his suit, and uh, that. By the way, that was a great. How did he get this? Like suit? backhanded compliment, where she's like, "You look terrible," and he says, "You look great," and she goes, "Yeah, so do you." And then she goes, "Don't worry, we'll fix that soon," and holds up his suit. In other words, <laughs> once we get you back into your normal clothes, you'll look stop terrible. looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Bow ties are cool, is what yeah. he should have said. There was, by the way, there was a there was a note in here that there was. Uh, I think I may have referenced before. This is the bizarre level of detail. The note in the wikia said, "This is the only episode. This is the only example of the Doctor wearing I don't know, like the green double-breasted suit or whatever." Because apparently he has a couple of different suits that he wears. And this is the only time he ever wears that colored suit in an odd-numbered episode. What? I'm like, we have got to stop people. Guys, to- <laughs> come on. <laughs> I this mean, if is it- the only time that this little fragment color did not <laughs> reach the specific point in the screen. So at any rate, that Trust brings, me, that brings our... <laughs> That brings our Geronimo running count up to eight. Uh, let's see. Jiggery pokery. We had the uh, the Sonic doesn't work on wood, but it does do stone, apparently. He oh, just apparently. zippy zapped a, uh, a stone and slid it back over 
the uh, oh the the, the pool pit? of skulls. Yeah, the pit. Uh, that's the word. The skull um, pit. Yeah, which they which Jared has has some things to say eat about so. them a lot. They didn't eat him alive. Just, just like, dragged him down and drowned him in skulls. Looked to me like he was getting eaten alive. But anyways, ah. I mean, seeing as how they're all uh, chomping their teeth. The next thing but was the just... needless sacrificial death. Um, I wouldn't call that a sacrificial death or needless, but it was definitely a death. <laughs> definitely a death that was worth noting. <laughs> so we've just completely gotten rid of any meaning of that <laughs> section. The death section. As long as there was a death. In all right, and here we'll point out deaths. Okay, uh, let's all see. of them. Silence will fall. All right, so we got all kinds of stuff about the silence and the silence will fall. Uh, Dorium calls the silence a religious order of great power and discretion. The sentinels of history, as they like to call themselves. Uh, the doctor says, all the time I heard those words that the silence will fall, all the times I heard those words, I never realized it was my silence, my death. The doctor will fall. Trip uh, made a connection that I don't think I've ever made before. It was Lake Silencio. Mm-hmm. Silence. Where the ah. silence plot finally uh, comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we discovered that uh, that particular time and that day in that spot at Lake Silencio is a still point in time, mm-hmm. which is makes it easier to create a fixed point. What does that mean? Time. It's just a I boring place. <laughs> so nothing happens there and... I don't know, but I think this is an interesting expansion on the idea of fixed points, right? Because we have all the way back to the first doctor. The first doctor says you can't change history, not one line, right? And then they promptly throw that directly out the first window that they can find and start changing history all over the place. But then we – and I think this is a new who – idea of fixed points. If I, if I remember correctly, as we've discussed this in the past, fixed points are a new who convention and it, it gives you a workaround, right? So why is it that in classic who sometimes they say you can't change history and sometimes they totally do. And sometimes they outright say that we should blah, blah, blah. And the answer is, ah, there are fixed points. Ah, we're making it up as we go. Well, there's that too. But in universe, uh, (laughs) Tennant even says something to the effect of, you know, time is in flux here. Anything could happen, right? Uh, One of the companions, I don't even remember what episode it was. Maybe it was Vampires of Venice. Um, So it would have been Martha says something Mm -hmm. about, you know, I don't remember learning in history class about vampire aliens nuking Venice or whatever it was that was happening. And he's like, time is in flux. Anything could happen. And then the flip side of that is the doctor and Martha causing the eruption of Mount Vesuvius mm-hmm. in uh, Pompeii, right? So, you know, you I don't remember that part. In trying to fight the aliens, they discovered that the only way that they could destroy the aliens and save the earth was by detonating the bomb under Vesuvius, which would cause the eruption oh. and kill everyone in Pompeii. So as it turns out, the doctor started the volcano eruption <laughs> that took out Pompeii. Yeah. So Wow Doctor, you right. don't seem to be the savior all the, the doctor time. did pie. The doctor did Pompeii. I tripped up on my own words there. Cool story, bro. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, <laughs> we have because my name's <laughs> Here I we have an expansion. <laughs> Moving right along. We have an expansion here that there are not only points of time that are in flux, but there are fixed points. Now we have still points. Points so apparently, that make it easier to have yeah, fixed points. Wait a minute. Not have. Create 
He actually said it's a still point in time, which makes it easier to create a fixed point in time. So apparently the silence created a fixed point in time by somehow or other getting the doctor there which doesn't and killing seem, him at that particular time. Which doesn't seem to make sense because the idea of a fixed point is this is the way it always happens. And now right. we're saying, you well, actually, you, yeah. there was a point where that wasn't how it happened. But because Lake Silencio is boring, <laughs> we can, quote, I mean, unquote, did you see it? create it in such a way that it always happens. I, that's right? an interesting That's an interesting distinction you're making there. That at, at one point, there was a time where this event didn't happen at this place in time. But then when we made it happen at this place in time, we made it a fixed point in time, which means it's always happened there. Which is like which means some sort of paradox. It really is. Yeah, it'll break your brain. So don't think too hard about it. Just remember the writers went, I don't know, let's hurry up and finish the season. <laughs> um, and then uh, silence. We also have the idea of the eye drive introduced here that um, it, it communicates directly with the brain and allows you to remember them. So this this goes to what Corbin was saying. A picture in it. Yeah, yeah. Corbin thought that it was literally like a, like a Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> like inside the patch. Also, uh, which arguably you. would have been funnier and a lot easier to make. Take an eye patch, stick a picture <laughs> of one of the silence in there, stick it on your wait eye. Wait a minute, can you print a picture of a silent? <gasps> oh, wait a minute. You can transmit an image of them. We've seen them do that. Yeah. But so well, took the a picture print, with the with the camera and then the they also took a video. But the printer won't realize that it's there because <laughs> well, if you have sentient printers, uh, then it won't realize it's there. Now we're overthinking it. Now and if just it has human bit. genes <sighs> in it, but silence have human genes in it, so guys, we finally did it. it took ninety episodes. We've gone too far. We, we made it to sentient printers. There's no going back now. <laughs> All right. We have keep charging ahead here. So definitely Corbin called it, even though he didn't get it as high tech as it as it uh, turned out to be. Oh, I'm you sorry. You definitely nailed it. Hey, what? I'm, I'm, I wasn't a, that wasn't a crack. I was saying you nailed it. You you got what the eye patch Corbin actually turned out to be. the smartest person here. By the way, you called that before we ever saw anybody else with an eye patch, right? Yeah. Because it was only ever the eye patch lady. Yeah, it was only ever yeah. one. And you said, oh, maybe she's got a picture under there. And then it turns out. She's working you, with the silence. I, I, told, <laughs> I told him this last night that uh, when you said that on the podcast like, a, a week or two ago, I, yeah, I was biting my tongue and like stabbing myself in the, in the hand with a pencil. Like, don't say words. Don't say words. Uh, so, yeah, you, you totally nailed it. As you said that, moving right along. Yeah. All right. So the question uh, we have, now we have. The longest extended explanation of this whole concept, they right? Dorium says, on the fields of Trenzalore, at the fall of the 11th, when no creature can speak falsely or fail to answer, a question that must never be answered will be asked. The first question, hidden in plain sight. So The first question, we, the oldest question. We had had the question, right? Mm -hmm. Silence will fall when the question is asked. Then we had... The question, it's the oldest, it's, it's an old question, the oldest question, in fact. Then we've had, it's the first question. Then we've had, it's the first question hidden in plain sight, right? So we just keep getting all these teases. Now we get all like poetic about it. On the fields of Trenzalore at the fall of the 11th, when no creature can speak falsely or fail to answer. What does that mean? Basically, they have to answer the question, Doctor Who. And you can't lie. 
You have to no answer. creature can lie. speak falsely or fail to answer. So if someone there on the fields of Trenzalore knows the answer, they not only must speak, but they must not speak falsely. They must not lie, right? A question that must never be answered. The first question, qu- question, I don't know why I said we. that. The first question hidden in plain sight. And then uh, Dorian also says, uh, silence must fall would be a better translation, right? So we had silence will fall. Now there's a part of me that wonders, when, do, do you guys remember the first time we heard silence will fall? Do y'all remember? Silence will fall, doctor. By the little I want you, I want y'all to gr- thingy. Yeah, when was that? It's the start of this season. Oh, wasn't yeah. It? No. No, the start of 11th. That was the 11th time. hour. Yeah. <gasps> oh. We are teasing out. We, yeah. By the way, we haven't solved this yet. I know, right? The end of this episode, we aren't done with the question, and we had the first reference to it. Two seasons ago. At the beginning of the last season. So we are talking about now a, a three-story arc that was teased out by uh, patient, uh, patient Zero. I always want to call him Patient Zero. Prisoner Zero saying, silence, doctor, silence will fall. You know, we had that whole thing. And I'm wondering if them saying silence must fall would be a better translation is, was that just an interesting little tidbit there? Or was that like a rewrite? Like now they're two seasons in and they're like, going, oh, crap, we probably ought to change it. this. Yeah, yeah, I was always wondering. And then it's as it turns out, what is the question, boys? Doctor Who. Of course. And yeah, so how many many times did he say it? Three, four in a row? Yeah, right. And then that look on Eleven's face when he just looks at the camera and then you get the, the, you know, the the credits or whatever. He just looked like, Doctor "Eh?" Who. (laughs) Mm. I wonder who. who. What were you going to say? Okay. All right. So the iPad's lady. Wait, 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 wait. What? It says on the fall of the 11th and he was talking about how his, his silence so that means that's how he's going to die. So how did the habit happen? So what? What? <laughs> I was 11th, with you up until you fell apart. <laughs> the 11th Doctor is going to fall yeah. and die. Right. <laughs> like literally fall. fall? And what was the last He's going to die on that place when he answers the question. At the fields of Trenzalore? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what? So he's going to die, Dale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you mean he's literally going to fall? Or I, like, I mean, he's going to die. No, he's just saying we're we're okay. getting a hint here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, eye patch lady. So now we know why she has the eye patch. We we were just talking about that. Um, she definitely has a different colored eye patch. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. silver. She got Everybody the, else the has silver black. upgraded version of it. Um, it and electrocutes more. Yeah. That's right. Maybe. And I made a note here. She meets the inevitable fate of the collaborator. And what I mean by that was, anytime you have a movie, a show, a book, anything like that, where you have. Oh, yeah. A collaborator, right? Like Somebody who is working. No, Davros isn't a collaborator. A collaborator is you're being invaded or you're being attacked or whatever, and you help the other side. Yeah. Right? Wow. You help so, the AI or whatever it is. <laughs> Which is yeah. always so, what it is. The so AI or the aliens. There's there's yeah. um there's a a, a, a sci-fi series on right now called um, The Colony. And it's about aliens that have landed and they've taken over Earth and they've set up all of these little colonies um, where they've walled people off and then set up little puppet governments, right? So um, there's like a, a governor prefect or something who's prefect. the the human being who's in charge of this you know, part of L.A. or whatever. They work directly for the aliens, 
So they are they would be considered collaborators. They're working with the enemy. So they don't die, basically. Right, right. And so don't here you have can help you. the eye patch lady, Madame Kavarian, is a collaborator working with you know the people that are trying to take over the human race uh, and take out the doctor. And what ends up happening to her in the end? What happens? She dies. Yeah. How? Well, at the hands of the, the aliens, right? Mm-hmm. At the hands of the silence. The aliens. Which she is was what always with. happens. Right. right. And that's like, what I, I mean, kind of with Davros, because like the Daleks killed him. Like always. You're always exposable. Expendable, I think Expendable. is what we're looking for. Exposable. <laughs> Just tosses in the trash. <laughs> you are exposable. Um, the doctor's rules, uh, still on the checklist here. We had a mention again of rule one, right? Towards the very end. You know, the What's doctor, of course, the doctor, you know, the doctor told you his name and she's like, no, no, he didn't. Well, yes, he did. That's what he said. Rule one, the doctor lies, you know, so we have that whole thing again. And so do I. And we got to the end of the season without another Jammy Dodger. <sighs> Sad. Blast. Don't Other know. stuff we noticed. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a great. Um, the doctor uh, and, and, and um, River are doing their flirty, you know, banter thing. And, uh, uh. Somebody says, there, there's so many rumors about us. And he says, idle gossip. And uh, River says, archaeology. And the doctor says, same okay. thing. <laughs> archaeology <laughs> is another form of idle gossip. That's really, that's okay. I think that's, that's well put. That archaeology is just like another form of gossip. It's just we're, we're gossiping about people who died thousands of years ago. That's the only thing. Hey, a long, remember those long time people? Ago. That's right. All right, so that brings us down to the who's who. Uh, so who is Amy? Okay, guys, it took us two entire full seasons, but we finally got Pond. Amelia Pond. How long have it's you been like, waiting for this? I haven't been waiting for it. I know the writers have been waiting for it. It's what I thought. Like, the way she like strutted into the room. Pond. Amelia Pond. This, right on the heels, two episodes ago, the last time we saw Amy, what did we do with her name? The Williams. doctor finally called her Williams. Amelia Williams, uh, Amy Williams instead of Amelia Pond, right? Amy Williams. And so she walks in and says, Pond, Amelia Pond. And now they just rewrite that with a James Bond joke. Oh, what are you going to do? I mean, well, I guess theoretically in that universe, she was still Amy Pond because she never married Rory. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So anyway, uh, we had, here's a, what? What was that? I, I said, but her kid was still in the separate universe a lot. Her who was what? Now? Oh, yeah. was still in the universe. Oh, that's weird. I guess probably because oh, she that was is a weird. crucial point. Yeah. Or whatever. What are they? She was no, one of the poles the, or well, whatever. Well, the doctor yeah. and her got pulled in. So, well, technically that's awesome. Right, so, try not to overthink it. So they uh, both so we, got pulled in, so they right. were from a different. Yeah. That is a good point, though. If if she and her if she and her husband never met, they never got together. Nothing ever happened. Then how is there they did grown child there? Anyway, they did meet though, and all of history was happening ah, at the same time. This is very true. So it all makes sense. It all makes sense for the same reason there was pterodactyls in Central Park or so, wherever, whatever the equivalent is in London because pterodactyls London, are not vermin. New York City. <laughs> anyway. yeah. So everybody was every age at the same exact time. Apparently. So anyways, we have uh, another mention of the crack, right? Because we have that uh, the idea that Amelia's exposure to the crack is what allowed her to notice the problem with time. Did they say that? Yeah. I never thought that. No, he said that. He he said it. Yeah. He was like. Well, he said that to Amy, but he also said that, not like the crack in your wall, but he said that to 
the guy I was telling the story to. Churchill? Yeah, Churchill. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that he, we don't get an explanation for why Churchill other than I guess he's brilliant. I don't know. Like, Churchill, he just, you're brilliant. He just could see it. But well, We really uh, should have gotten Shakespeare. And yeah, like should be forget all the other people brilliant people we've met or <gasps> this would have been the brilliant perfect chance for van gogh to come back to yeah right. oh wait no oh, he said awesome. you recognize me because in another universe we were friends that's that true. still doesn't so, really so, i mean well there's it. a connection there at yeah. any rate at any rate but but no amy remember was drawing pictures of all yeah. the things that had happened yeah. in the in yeah because he, p- he picked up the tardis and went, oh uh, right yeah. uh, <laughs> this, this should probably go in um other stuff we noticed but why did they have clocks like that never move. I know because yeah. all the time was they're happening like tick tock goes the clock goes the poem or whatever, and I'm like, but they and he's never like, do. but it doesn't. And I'm like, right. why do you even have clocks? How do you know what a clock is? Why do you have a rhyme about clocks doing something that they never do? <laughs> yeah, so because all the time and was what happening is the at one point purpose of a clock? Yeah, I did love uh, Doctor Malake saying it's always been five o two p.m. Why would it bother me now? You know, it's like such a bizarre concept that yes, they have clocks. They can tell time. They know what a date is. They have a calendar. He had a calendar yeah, on his yeah, desk. Right. That was always set to April to 21 or whatever. April 23. Uh, right. Like <laughs> that or you flip it and it's just the same date. What is the point of having these things? Wouldn't you just say, you know, well, like if it's there's now, no, no again, yeah, <laughs> if there's no time. Where did 502 yeah. even come from? 502 yeah, I thought it was funny where you were like, wow, that was an oddly specific intro of Wait, the time. Wait, when did he die? Thing. 522? No, 502. That was the whole point. That's when he got shot was 502. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why it was 502 the whole time. May 22nd. I know, but <laughs> that doesn't... You said why was it 502 the whole... I just answered the question that you asked. No, you're not getting it. I'm saying why is there such thing as... Time and clocks and calendars in a place that doesn't have time. Because for us, it makes the show more interesting. Moving right along. (laughs) You mean more confusing? um, I did think, uh, so we're still talking about who is Amy here. And I love the line where uh, she she slaps the eye patch back on Madame Kavarian and says, River didn't get it all from you, Madame Kavarian. Right? So her being a little bit crazy and vindictive wasn't all your mind uh, uh, brainwashing. Some of it was her mama. So don't mess with the redhead. Don't mess with the ginge. Anyways, um, she says, I killed someone. And uh, River says, in an aborted timeline in a reality that never was. And she says, but I remember it. So it happened. So I did it. So that might go under uh, existential crisis, right? Existential horror Horror. in this episode. That um, she has, how many, how many like non-timelines and false universes has amy lived in now yeah right i mean we had the we it's had almost the, equal to the number of rory deaths, deaths. <laughs> that's right Wait, yeah. she's lived in the one where she was like 80 years old or whatever with the who with the what now oh oh in when the yeah the time streams yeah uh the girl sense. who waited so oh yeah I, I wasn't even thinking of that i was thinking of this amy has been in you know like uh, she was in an alternate timeline when the the whole all the stars had gone oh, out, yeah. and then the, the universe got rebooted. So that's right. So she's lived in two universes, and <laughs> then you know uh, 
she yeah she she was in a, a second time stream but yeah. she, but that version of her now has never existed etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and now she's in this alternate timeline but then she gets to go back to the real blah, 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 blah. anyway <laughs> um, is the real one still the same one or is it yeah. completely and, different one and we talked it's before similar, but it's created but it has different people so <laughs> we talked before about how rory somehow got to keep the memories of a version of him that wasn't actually him it wasn't even an alternate timeline version of him. Well, it was so a plastic Amy. duplicate. No, 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 no. I'm talking but about not even. I'm talking about Rory got to keep the memories of the so nesting strong. consciousness. Uh, what is it? Auton duplicate of him. Oh. Mm-hmm. He got to keep yeah. those memories. Yeah. You know, Amy's got. Uh, so he gets to. By the way, that means he gets to walk around with the memory of him murdering his fiance. <laughs> Remember, that's what happened. He shot her, and then they stuck her in the Pandora, and everything was fine. But he. He gets to walk around. Like, how many times during those 2,000 years of him waiting outside the box did he wake up in a cold sweat, uh, having a nightmare of murdering his fiance, who is now in the box, still kind of dead, you know? Um, so that he's just dragging around throughout the <laughs> centuries. Dragging right, right. around. And so, again, like Amy's got the same thing huh. where, you know, everything she's ever done, including the things that she never has done because they never have happened. She gets to maintain those memories. So she gets to remember killing someone in an alternate timeline that never happened. That's always fun. And then finally, the last sudden stark realization that if the doctor married River and River is her daughter, she is the doctor's mother-in-law. Dun, dun. Her face when she realizes. But I'm the doctor's mother-in-law. Go on, Rory. Mother needs a drink. Yes, mommy needs another drink. Yes. All right. So who is Rory? Um, he. Oh man, classic Rory moment here, right? Um, did I tell you? Did I tell you guys about Rory? Did I tell you? He's awesome. He he's standing there just squeezing his fist, twitching uncontrollably because his eye drive got activated and he's been getting the electrocution that like killed everybody else or knocked him to the ground or whatever and he's just standing firm with his gun because he's going to take out and some he, silence and he holds it and yeah right then, <laughs> yeah that and was then awesome. he falls over yeah he finally falls over i do love that he amy keeps it on even when the silence is <laughs> in sight Wait, Which, does yeah, that well, mean that you know, Amy man. can remember the silence? Yeah, there was a small continuity error there. She comes back in the room, not she wasn't wearing she the eye drive. Or she remembers Rory. She remembered that I Rory guess. was she, still she there. must have remembered that Rory was in danger, but not knowing what she yeah, was like, in what danger is the from, extent of this? Like of what? They don't remember the silence. Right. Or what they looked like. Your memory just sort of works its way around them. But then they it like slowly leave. erase it. Uh-huh. They leave the marks on themselves and know what, what the, the marks, marks are mean. For. And so they know I've seen these things. Even they though they supposedly the shouldn't remember. Stamps in their hands? Yeah. 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 So and, another another small problem. And then like what <laughs> if he took the eye patch off? Okay, he won't remember what the silence are or look like, but will he be able to remember they're coming? That something's coming? Wait, yeah. Plus I don't know. everybody was told through the transmission, everybody that was watching television, you should kill, kill me. Kill on, me on yeah, sight. Kill me on sight. Oh, that's sight. true. Well, uh, but, but that was in the other universe. That was in the real oh, universe, yeah. and this was in the weird but universe. But everybody still remembers everything. Quiet, you. So. Anyways, um, we finally have an in-universe mention uh, when the silent says, Rory Williams, the man who dies and dies again. So we finally <laughs> get an in-universe reference to the fact that he just keeps on dying. Well, that's not the first, because he's mentioned it before. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we're dead. Again, um, 
And then, uh, oh, as we already mentioned, we got married, had a baby. That's her. And he goes, okay. Uh, who is River? Um, I love the line. Uh, what has happened to time, doctor? Uh, Churchill says, what has happened to time, doctor? And he looks up and says, a woman. <laughs> That's like the perfect introduction to, oh, yeah, it's all River's fault. It's like, was she hot? Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She, he says, what's she like? Attractive, I assume. And he calls her hell on, hell in high heels. Mm. I was like, oh, that's another he's like, great way oh. to sum her up. Uh, let's see. She says of herself, take a child, raise her into a psychopath, introduce her to the, to the doctor. Who else was I going to fall in love with? <laughs> what? So you're saying... <laughs> Every psychopath lover. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If you're a psychopath, you're going to love the doctor. Yeah. What does this say about the doctor? <laughs> that's, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, let's How see. How long have you known? We did discover at the very end that River pretended. So back in The Impossible Astronaut, right? They, 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 answered, they answered a fan question before it could get asked, right? Because in The Impossible Astronaut, the river who's on the beach is like, what in the world is that? Right? And what's happening? And blah, blah, blah. And then she shoots her gun at the astronaut. After the astronaut does its thing, kills the doctor, that's when she pulls out her gun and shoots and misses like six shots or whatever, like empties her clip and misses the astronaut every single time, which you we've just seen shot her the shoot. Stetson off of <laughs> the doctor's yeah. head. Yeah, we've seen her spinning around, like shooting silence while she's doing a pirouette, but she misses the astronaut who is slowly trudging back into the water. Now so we find when out. She go back into the water? Now we find out that the reason she missed was that she was pretending all along. She knew exactly what was happening. That's why she held Amy back. She says to Amy at the end of this episode, in their little scene uh, in the backyard there, that's why I, I like I have to lie all the time. I had to pretend to not know that you were my mother. I had to pretend to not know who the astronaut was, right? So she's saying here, Even she's answering the fan question. she saw the suit. Uh, well, not only then, but yeah, I mean, the, every single time, like mm -hmm. the, the whole time through that entire sequence, she just had to play dumb because she knew what was coming. And so she, they answer the fan question. Well, how come she didn't seem to understand who the astronaut was in the first episode? Well, this is why she was lying because she had to let things unfold as they would. So, uh, no continuity problems here. Move along. Who is the doctor? Um, okay. Corbin, he was slowly reading a magazine early on. And you said, why isn't he speed reading that? I mean, he's done that several times right. before. So you would think that if he's slowly reading the magazine, that must mean it's something that is very interesting to him, right? That he wants to get every, he wants to savor it. He wants to get every little bit out of it. Did anybody mm -hmm. catch what the magazine was? No. It was Knitting for Girls. <laughs> was <laughs> the magazine that he was reading. And the Wikia pointed out that apparently at some other point in this season, he was reading a book about knitting. So uh, apparently hmm. he's uh, he's got that I going I should pick up him. a hobby one time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says he hates rats. I, I think that's the first we've we've heard of that, but it was very Indiana Jones. It was yeah. very reminiscent of... of the, I hate uh, rats. Don't the worry, there's no crusade. rats. The skulls eat. <laughs> the skulls eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And me. Um, he says, uh, there's always more. It's always going on for me. It never stops. Liz, the first is still waiting for me in a glade, uh, waiting in a glade for me to elope. I can go help Rose Tyler with her homework. Go to all of Jack's stag parties in one night. Right. Who is Jack? <laughs> Jack Harkness. It yeah, is Jack. Jack. Is it? It is. Yeah. Um, and then 
uh, who is it that says time catches up with us all, Doctor? Is that uh, that was the blue guy? That yeah, was yeah, upside yeah, down head. Time catches up with us all, Doctor, and he says, "Well, it's never laid a glove on me." I love that. That's you know, it's like time will never catch me. I, I can run forever. Seriously, and, that's the part. I don't know why that one gets me every time. What's I can that? help Rose Tyler with her homework. Like, <laughs> so random. I know everything. Random. So that's right. And if I don't, I'll just read it the math book in like ten seconds. So. <laughs> okay, what do you need? He uh, he makes the statement. My friends have always been the best of me. I thought that was a that was a great line. He says uh, he says that he tried to run. I did run. It only brought me here. Right. Uh, the uh, river standing by the lake says run, and he says I did run. It only brought me here. Like he tried to get away from this whole situation. He ended up there anyway. Um, (laughs) Again, the doctor being socially awkward. There are so many YouTube videos that's like the 11th doctor being socially awkward for 20 straight minutes. And it's just like compilation videos. And it would definitely include this one where he tells Rory that Amy said you were a Mr. Hottie nurse and she's interested in going out with you for texting and scones. (laughs) You have no idea what dating is, do you? They want to go out for texting and scones. Um, that's great. Um, River says, you've touched so many lives, saved so many people. Did you ever think that when your time came, you would have to do anything more than just ask? You think the universe is better off without you, but the universe disagrees. That is an mm. awesome, awesome line where, uh, you know, the, the, the doctor constantly does not know who he is in terms of the universe. And, uh, and, and uh, for that matter, other people. And she says, all you had to do was simply ask, right? Uh, let's see. Time said I had to die. So I dressed for the occasion, a doctor and a doctor suit. So that goes <laughs> back to the Tesselecta idea there where he, um, you know, if I'm going to die, I might as well dress up for it. <laughs> We've seen him do this before, right? Last time he was dying, he went and put on a tux. Do y'all remember that? And got a sonic cane and the top yeah. hat and all that kind of stuff. So good stuff right there. All right, Corbin, make a timestamp there. <clears throat> 53 minutes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do we need to... Wait. All right, make it. Make a, uh, a a note to trim this, and we'll do like we've done in the past. If this bit here, if we need to spin this bit out into a 0.5 episode, we can do that. All right. All right. All right, so can we talk about... How time works with the companions. There's a there's a, a really interesting little scene that uh, that Jared uh, is going to talk about with his uh, classic Who connection. But he um, the doctor pulls up the phone and starts saying, you know, tell him we're going out tonight and everything's on me except for the you know the the money and the and the driving or something <laughs> something like that. Huh. And it turns out he has put in a call to. Lethbridge Stewart. And this is uh, this is someone who I think we've met once now with the third so, doctor. Yeah. He's he works for Unit and he is a recurring character for a long time, like multiple regenerations of the doctor. And he is uh, he's kind of a recurring character. He was like a main character in that season, but then like keeps popping up. And here's the thing, right? He calls up because he's telling Dorian, I can just keep on a running, right? I don't have to die. I can just do my thing. I can keep having fun. This is where he does his bit about, I can go do homework with Rose Tyler and all this kind of stuff. And he's calling up Lethbridge Stewart and says, hey, get ready. We're going to go have a fun night. Only to find out that he's dead. Okay. 
He has mm-hmm. this. This is all right on the heels of him making this the the grandiose statement, right? That time never laid a glove on me. For time, for me, time just keeps on keeps on going. It just is always moving. It's always going. I can go anywhere, right? So why didn't he hang up the phone and call five years earlier? You know yeah, what I'm like, saying? Hey, you Tardis, just said, how about we go five years back and? Okay, you just said so you were going to help do? Rose with her homework. Right. She's in a different universe unless you <laughs> go back in time with your time, time machine. machine. Yeah. So it's I can like. help Rose with her homework before she even. No, after she already did her homework, but before she did her homework. Before they even homework. met, presumably. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Uh, By the time they meet, she's 19. She's, uh, you know, working in a shop or whatever. She doesn't have homework. Sure. So we've already seen him double back and go see Rose Tyler the year before they met, right? Tennant went and saw her mm-hmm. the Christmas or the New Year's or whatever before they actually met, uh, before she met Eccleston. Wait, so presumably Rose, when she saw Ten, <clears throat> should have... Nah, just some Rose. random dude on the street one New Year's Eve said, Hi, I'm I gonna bet you're going to have a good year this year. That was it. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Hi. That was the entire conversation. Yeah, so... But there's always this weird interaction, interplay of time with the companions, right? So it's like, because he has now heard she died, or excuse me, he died, Lethbridge Stewart died, why can't he just go back? He, he could go back to the very next second after they last saw each other. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever episode was his last appearance, and the TARDIS disappears you could just have the TARDIS reappear have him step out and say some time has passed <laughs> I'm <Someone>. the 11th <laughs> right you know like why, why can't only. he do that and something it, like that huh something like Queen? that just like go see him at any other point right uh, right and and if memory serves I I'm pretty sure Lethbridge Stewart actually shows up again later so it's you know, but there's there's a reason that they did this scene the way they did it, and and uh, and I don't want to steal Jared's thunder on that, but it is interesting to me that sometimes this kind of thing happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. why didn't he ever go back and pick up Sarah Jane Smith? You know, realized he left her in the wrong place or whatever. Like, why didn't he go yeah, back and right. now there is there does seem to be something, <clears throat> and it may have even been mentioned before. There seems to be something about once the doctor knows about something, it's like he can't double back on it now. We saw this with the girl in the fireplace, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he came back and she was dead, it's like, well, use your TARDIS. Use your TARDIS and go back 10 years. Use your time machine. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, I know you're going through the the time portal because of the spaceship or the whatever, but, like, you still have a time machine. Like, you could just leave. and But it's like, okay, well, now that has happened, so now that can't change. And I don't know if it's simply a real-world writing device or if there is some sort of in-universe thing that we're just not fully... And, and I will say this. As I was saying that, I remember there is something next season that addresses this somewhat. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. It involves a book. But at any rate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, that's that. 
So guys, uh, Noobs in the Hoobian also is brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we're doing, if we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more, if you want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. You head on over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Hoovian, and you can start off as, as little as a dollar a month, um, and you'll be one of our Rory patrons. At $5 a month, you'll be on the Amy tier, and you will get a shout out on the show each week. $12 a month means you're our very own river song. You're always there for us, supporting us. And you'll also get a shout out. At $15 a month, that makes you a hosting host, where you'll get a chance to be a guest host on an upcoming episode, just like Victor did not too long ago. So once again, head over to patreon.com slash noobs in the Whovian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to our classic Who connections. Let's hear what Jared has to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for The Wedding of River Song. Now, the show has talked about the concept of fixed points in time a number of times before, and I'm just not sure that I've ever talked about the first time this was mentioned back in Classic Who. Uh, It was talked about a little bit. It wasn't called fixed points, but it was talked about in the serial The Aztecs. Barbara wanted to alter the history of the Aztecs, and the doctor wouldn't let her because uh, he didn't say, again, fixed points, but, you know, that, that history needed to play out just as it was, and she couldn't, she couldn't mess with it. So that was kind of the original idea of it. It wasn't really mentioned anywhere else in Classic Who quite as strongly, but it was there, and so that was, uh, that was an important point there. And moving on, the, the concept that the doctor's true name or even his true identity is a dark secret that could be used as a weapon that goes back into the silver nemesis that was with the seventh doctor uh, where ace his companion finds uh, that asking who who the doctor is uh, really is uh, it could be a dangerous question to ask and also you could go back to the very first serial an unearthly child where ian chesterton starts saying, you know, if we if we knew who this guy really was, maybe we could figure this all out somehow. Finally, uh, we've got a number of Easter eggs uh, about a man named Nicholas Courtney. And this episode really, the whole episode was a tribute to Nicholas Courtney because he's the man who played Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. And you might remember talking about him, especially with the third doctor. He was a member of UNIT and was a very close companion and friend, uh, not necessarily so much traveling companion, but uh, still would say he, he earns the, the rank of companion, if you will, in the show. Um, and, and he was a friend of the doctors from UNIT there, and especially during that uh, third doctor time where he was uh, stuck on Earth and, and with UNIT so much. But he even came in and out with uh, fourth and fifth doctors and uh, all along. He was a very, very well-liked man uh, as a part of the show and, and fan favorite. And unfortunately, as they were pulling this episode together, he, he passed in, in real life. Nicholas Courtney passed away. And uh, so they had a number of Easter eggs throughout the episode that were last-minute additions. First of all, they actually mentioned uh, Lethbridge Stewart's passing as a friend of the Doctor's. Uh, but they mentioned that uh, that character passing, of course, because the man who played him passed. And then there were these scenes where everyone was wearing an eye patch. 
this was actually a, a last minute addition, which is crazy to think because it became integral to the plot. But what it's referencing is the serial Inferno, which also takes place in an alternate universe. And in that alternate universe, though, the alternate reality, Lethbridge Stewart, is the only one that wears an eye patch. And so what the, the cast and crew did was at one point during filming, Courtney's got this big dramatic scene that he's delivering and he turns around and everyone on set was wearing an eye patch. And so it was, he came out of this dramatic moment with this you know, very funny scene behind him. And so he often shared that story at, at uh, many conventions uh, where he was representing Doctor Who there. And so it's it's great because Moffat is not only referencing uh, the uh, the alternate reality of Inferno where he was wearing an eye patch, but referencing the story that happened on set while filming for Inferno. I mean, that's like that's next level stuff right there, really. Um, so okay, going on. Amy also says at one point we'll be in Cairo soon, and Cairo is where Courtney was born. And so finally, Courtney passed away peacefully in his sleep. And that was actually a prophecy that was made about Lethbridge Stewart by the seventh doctor in the serial Battlefield. So apparently that prophecy came, came true. All right. Uh, I loved this episode. I loved, I mean, there were so many references, not a lot of classic who references, but still so many references to past stories. It was unbelievable how much they tied in into one episode. Love. I, I remember watching it the first time and being totally blown away by the concept of it wasn't the doctor. It was the Tesselecta being shot there. So I just, that was, I remember that being a surprise and good on them for, um, I had other theories as to what was going to happen and because I knew that the doctor still survived. Uh, but uh, this was just, this was epic is the only way I can describe everything they did pulling together in this episode. So I'm going to give it 9.5 out of 10 Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart's. And uh, there were some parts that were creepy, very creepy, other parts that were much more light and not so much. So it didn't carry through the whole episode, but the parts that were creepy were creepy enough for me to give it 250 out of 500 creep levels. And quite frankly, that most of those uh, levels are just simply for the pit of skulls there that's at the beginning. So, all right. Uh, thank you to the TARDIS Wikia for help with the information. And thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right. So that brings us down to our overall impressions. So Jared gave it 9.5 Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart's. Trip, what do you got? I got, okay, this one. You're going to do it again, aren't you? Uh-huh. I mean, it's a season finale. Like, it wraps up a lot. We get yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of questions answered. Yep, which we're going to dive into in a minute, so mm-hmm. don't worry about them now. And, yeah, so it's a 10 out of 10. I, I'm going to... I'm gonna. <laughs> 10 what? Um, 10 out of 10 not dead, dead doctors. Or not, dead, not dead, non-dead doctors. <laughs> dead, not dead. All right. Make up your mind. Cor- Corbin, how about you? I thought this one was really good, so I'm going to agree with Jared and give it 9.5 Doctor Who's. Doctor Who! 
Good times. Um, yeah, I mean, this, like Tripp said, it wraps up so many things. Um, you know what's amazing is that it wraps up so many things, you almost forget how many things that it, A, leaves unwrapped, and B, <laughs> yeah. introduces all new stuff. What the heck is Trenzalore? What is the fall of the 11th? All mm. of that kind of stuff. It just kicks open the doors <laughs> on a bunch of other stuff. About that. So I'm going to give it 9.5 out of 10 Dorium heads upside down. <laughs> or upside hey, down. Hey, which didn't look bad. Uh, no, that was that was actually pretty good. Even when he was upside down, um, there was one moment uh, where he he's like, "Doctor, is that you?" And you could see his head rise up in the box, like you could tell, like the body that was inside of it was like rising. Anyways, uh, so creep but level that's bad practical effects, not special effects. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Jared gave the creep level two hundred and fifty out of five hundred, mostly for the pit of skulls. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with him. I'm gonna go. Uh, I mean, let's see. There was that. And that that was kind of that was kind of the only creepy bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was most so of I'm going to go below average and give it uh, 225. What I mean, trip. What do you got? Oh, what the skulls were really. Creepy. They were like super creepy. That entire scene was super creepy. That so. scene looked like it was ripped out of an Indiana Jones. Movie. It really was. Yeah. So Corbin, what's your score then? I'm going to agree with Jared and say 250. Wow. I'm just trip. agreeing with Jared all over the place. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go 265. Just. Mm, you're going to go to 65, or you're going to go to 265. Two sixty. Oh, okay, okay. Tattoo sixty five. <laughs> I'm gonna go tattoo tattoo sixty five. All right, so that brings us down to the theories, guys. Holy cow! It's like so many. Bah. All right, so what will happen with Eleven dying? Corbin thought this would be the end of series six, and they will avert Eleven's death. Are we gonna say yeah. good job? Yeah. That's a. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, say good job. Solid good job. I mean, they averted his job. death, but like. Okay. Eleven still kind of died. Somewhere trip somewhere at some point it must have been it was either during or immediately following the episodes with the flesh the almost people and the rebel flesh you almost completely nailed the whole thing i'll have to corbin right make it make yourself a note go back to that episode find his prediction it's the rebel flesh and the almost people Go find that episode and find his prediction. I think that was the episode where he talked about it. Pull that out and insert it right here. All right, uh, so that brings us down into our theories section. Um, Let's see, if there's anything y'all want to update about your theories. What will happen with Eleven dying? No real new information there, right? Well, I'm going to change that to Eleven dying is um, a duplicate version. Dying. (laughs) I would do that. I am pretty sure because now we're we're back live, and I'm trying to recall. But I think you nailed it to a T. At some point, at some point, you said that a a a duplicate of the Doctor would be killed. That it wasn't ever the Doctor; it was a duplicate of the Doctor that would be killed by River in the suit, and the and that River was the little girl or something like like you nailed every stinking point jared and i were losing our minds at one point during this season at various points in this season or maybe all at once i don't know you have claimed 
that an alternate version, a duplicate version of the doctor would be killed, that River was in the suit, that the little girl was in the suit because the little girl was River. Like you have at, at different points nailed all of it. One time you said the little girl was the doctor. So you weren't always <laughs> spot on. <laughs> It's like the little girl's the doctor, then I was like, wait, no, because I said it was River. Yeah, there's there's an episode where you went, unless the little girl is the doctor. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) Because the doctor killed himself. There there have been so many times. Because he invited the doctor. (laughs) Because he was in the suit. It wasn't actually the little girl. (laughs) There have been so many times during the season that I have had to just bite my tongue oh my gosh if you go back and listen to this season now just just go back and listen to the theory section of every episode this season and listen to the parts where i got real quiet and y'all are like uh what what and i'm like uh i'm typing something (laughs) i'm just making a note to make sure i understand what he says because it's like oh my gosh he nailed like there was there was one time where trip you just nailed it and you didn't know you were blathering just mumbo jumbo you had no reason to say any of this crap apparently this season was easy to predict uh no, that's the thing. Is like he was just throwing. It was like in the same breath that he said, "Maybe the little girl is the doctor." <laughs> he was also like, "But maybe it's a duplicate of the doctor." And I was like, "All right." So let's see. Corbin's whole theory. He said at one point, "The river, who is the impossible astronaut and the little girl, kills the doctor in the season finale, and that's why she is in Storm Cage." Oh, we forgot about Storm Cage. Also, she is the doctor's wife. Plus. My theory that the eye patches held yeah. images of the silence was correct too. He says I added that. In. Yeah, I saw. So you just, literally every theory that Corbin has ever had was completely no, not every right. theory yeah, he ever way. had. But but <laughs> by the time we got to him writing this out, yes, you were you were correct that she's in Storm Cage for murdering the Doctor. Even the, and you even said at one time that she was in Storm Cage for murdering the Doctor, even though she didn't murder Wait, the Doctor. He even you, said, you said that, that he was. In, that she was in Stormcage for killing someone that wasn't the doctor and got framed for killing the doctor. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. That's Whoa. right. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, like, from the get-go, from the very beginning of this season, y'all were like, River is obviously the doctor's wife. When we were talking about <laughs> theories about who is River, um, before we got that revelation, you guys knew. And and because if you name the season finale The Wedding of River Song. Which I didn't hmm, actually know I wonder who time. it is. <sighs> And yeah. also, hello, sweetie. What What about why? it? Because why would you say that? Oh, so in other words, you knew that they were involved romantically and stuff. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, and then finally, what happens with Amy and Rory? Trip thought we would never see them again. Wrong. Yeah. Corbin said they're in the season finale. Yes, you're right. They, made a, they I guess made a full-on comeback. Technically, past version and future version. Were yes, all of the versions. Were, all of everyone. Except for the plastic <laughs> version. Are all, you right. all right. <laughs> I'm all right, except for the fact that Corbin got everything right. Uh, well, dude, I'm telling you, Corbin, I, I really do want you to go back to that episode and, and pull that bit, um, and and I'll I'll play it for me. I want to make sure that it's the one that I'm thinking of because I was sitting there just like ready to explode. My head was about to pop because he was just spouting out nonsense and nailing all of it. I was like, what is happening? So anyway, guys, that is, that's it, man. That's the end of uh, series six. Um, this one, this one felt to me so much longer than all of the other seasons because this was like a really cohesive story 
arc over a whole season and like so many secrets that they were just slowly unwrapping and all this kind of stuff. So that brings us to next week, our first timey-wimey of 2020, which is the year of Bill and Ted. We'll be covering Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Now the streaming on this is a little squirrely. It is not on Prime. It's not on Netflix, but on Amazon, it is part of the Stars add-on. So like if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can also like add on Stars and HBO and like blah, 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 and all these kind of sports packages and all this kind of stuff. So you can add on Stars and watch Bill and Ted. Now, you can get a seven-day free trial of Stars. So turn that seven-day free trial on and then cut it off after you watch the the movie or whatever, and you'll still have those seven days that you can use it. And if there's other movies on there you want to watch, you can do that. And as always, if you go to our Amazon link, um, which is at noobsinthehoovian.com, if you if you head there, go to the show notes for this episode, um, you'll find a link to that. And actually, the link will take you to the listing for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So you can either rent it right then or buy it if you want to. You can buy the digital download for like, I don't know, $14.99 or something like that. Mm. Or it says right there, you know, watch this for free with your stars add on. So again, if you use our link, it doesn't change your price at all, but it does help us out a little bit and give us a little bit of support. Um, so let's see. Oh gosh. Uh, Corbin, do you have the uh, schedule up right now? No. Why? Because I forgot to put what's after that. All right. So after Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, we are into the next Christmas episode, which is the doctor, the widow and the wardrobe. If you'll remember, this is really, why is that? Because it sounds cool, and everything that sounds cool is mm-hmm. okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you'll remember, this is the one I haven't seen, so yes, I so. saved this one. So this one will be uh, the first new eleventh uh, eleventh Doctor episode that I've ever seen. So we'll have that, and then we're straight into Asylum of the Daleks, which is super fun. I love that one. Uh, that'll be the series seven opener and uh series seven we'll talk more about this later but series seven is weird with the air dates and everything so um and as we've been saying it's no longer on amazon prime so you won't have to (laughs) you won't have to mess around quite as much with amazon prime but however you're watching it uh just make sure that you're you're on the right season seven because there's a season 701 and 702 It's weird, anyhow. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to the end of this week, guys. Noobs in the Hoovian, as always, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I am Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And shout-outs, as always, to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian, where you can direct message us. Uh, same thing at Twitter.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. You can also email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you there. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. Make sure that uh, you head over to Noobs in the Whovian.com for all of these links and more, including the full show notes. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the Noobs. Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs>